Welcome to the Australian Hiker Podcast, Australia's longest-running hiking podcast, downloaded over half a million times in over 145 countries and providing you with an Australian perspective on all things hiking. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. Episode 192 of the Australian Hiker Podcast. And in this week's episode, we talk about my first week on the Tasmanian Trail. This episode starts off with a series of recordings that I've made over my days on this trip. Uh, and then at the end of that, I'll talk about how things are going, my plans overall, and where I'm heading to from here. We hope you enjoy. Before we get into today's episode, if you'd like to help support Australian Hiker and this podcast, there are a couple of ways that you can help us out. Firstly, by subscribing on your podcast host of choice so that each episode is available as soon as it's published. And if you have the opportunity, leave us a five-star review. Another way to support us is go to the Australian Hiker website at www.australianhiker.com.au and click on the supporters page and buy us a coffee. You can do a one-off donation or become a monthly supporter. All donations are greatly appreciated and help us to continue producing this podcast and blog. Now let's get on to today's episode. It's nine o'clock on Thursday night, the 29th of uh, July, and I'm just in my hotel room here in Devonport, uh, just had dinner, uh, and I've just got my all my gear out, set it all up, ready to do the pack in the morning. Today was basically travel day. Uh, I left Canberra uh, at around about quarter past ten this morning, uh, flew directly to Hobart. Uh, and then a couple of hours later, I got uh, a couple of buses to Launceston and then Devonport. I had someone ask me on social media why I did it that way. And in all honesty, that was the best option on the day. Uh, with COVID, uh, with restrictions on flights, uh, there really is limited flights to get in and around Tasmania and even getting to Tasmania. Um, and I preferred to actually fly directly from Canberra to Hobart in one go. Uh, one of the other options I had was a 30-hour flight with an overnight stop in Brisbane to actually get here. So the restrictions are making travel a bit harder. But, yeah, and all, overall it wasn't too bad, really, from around about just after 10 o'clock this morning through to I got into Devonport at around about 20 past 7. Uh, so it wasn't too bad a, a travel period. Flight itself was fine down to Hobart. Uh, when I got to the city itself, uh, I dropped my bag off at the bus company, went and bought gas, and I also replaced the uh, uh, duct tape that I lost at the airport this morning. So uh, if you have a look at social media, uh, that was a, a learning for me. But um, I managed to replace that. Uh, and originally I was, I was getting prepared to have to go out and buy gas tomorrow morning, which means I couldn't have, uh, I would have had to go to the outdoor stores at nine o'clock and then head off from there. Given that I've pretty much organized and sorted out, I'll have an early sort of breakfast. And I definitely want to be walking by nine o'clock at the latest, if not earlier than that. 
One of the, the things that, that I mentioned in the last podcast, I was concerned more about the snow uh, in some of the higher areas. And even last or early this week and late last week, there was snow down to about 400 metres, which is a lot of the track uh, all the way down. But the rainfall really has taken over from that. There are a number of rivers, particularly the Mersey River, which is the main one, which is where I am now in Devonport, that runs through this top area of the trail. It was two metres up uh, over its normal level. So rather than being able to walk across a 40 centimetre rocky uh, riverbed, I drove over uh, the river as I was coming here and there's absolutely no way knowing you could safely cross that uh, on horse, on bike or by walking, which are the options. Uh, so I had originally planned uh, to do the flood detours, but certainly that's definitely the way I'm going to be doing it. I discovered that the uh, the flood detour tomorrow adds about 10 kilometres. Now, when I say tomorrow, my original intent was to walk from Devonport down to Latrobe, which was roughly about 8 kilometres, uh, and then the next day I had about a 30-odd kilometre walk through to Sheffield, uh, which is my first uh leg if you like with adding that 10 kilometers you now it would have pushed it more closer to 40 kilometers so given that i'm a bit more organized than i planned on being i'm actually going to try and do around about 20 to roughly 25 kilometers tomorrow um i'll see how i go uh, and that will leave me a reasonable sort of period uh, of walk the next day without having to uh, uh, do a huge distance but it's still where it will be around about the 30 kilometer mark when i got to the airport this morning uh, one of the things that did surprise me i was expecting my uh, bag and pack uh, because i put everything into a travel bag uh, just to stop any of the loose straps getting caught around uh, I was expecting it to weigh 22, 23 kilos, uh, but I was only about 17 and a half kilos. Now, I need to add water to that. I need to add my fuel canister to that. I need to add um, uh, some of my electronics to that. So really, that will take it up to probably 20, 21 kilos by the time I load everything tomorrow. Uh, but I was expecting it to be a lot heavier than that. So it's a bit of a pleasant surprise. Having said that, though, I mean, I'm only carrying five days of food where typically I've, I can carry anything up to eight, nine, ten, or even 12 days of food in the pack that I've got. So um, I think it's worked out quite well. One of the things that I noted today as I was driving down, I was paying attention to sunset, and certainly five o'clock, it was relatively light, probably about ten past, quarter past uh, five, uh, uh, the, the sun had dropped below the the hills uh, and from my perspective i like to be set up cooking food and eating while it's still light and as soon as it gets dark i'm in bed and i go to sleep it doesn't matter how early that is from my perspective looking at it today i think realistically the latest that i want to actually be setting camp up is around about 4 30 but preferably 4 15 is probably where i'll be aiming at so again, tomorrow when I'm walking, providing I'm filling up to it, I'll keep on walking till sort of four, quarter past four, uh, and then I'll look at stopping in a location that, that seems suitable. Looking forward to this walk, um, it's, again, it's a, it's a bit of a different walk in many respects. It is a multi-use trail, so there's a lot of management road. There is some road walking. Um, it's not 
a huge amount of off-distance track because it is designed to be done by cyclists as well as horse horses. So um, it's a you know it's not a, a narrow single track through the middle of the bush uh, in, in through dense foliage. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, I it is a three week trip, so. Snow is not going to be unexpected, uh, but realistically, uh, getting to Bracknell uh, at around about day five, and then I've got a couple of days walking up over the central plateau, which is where potentially that's where the snow is going to be the issue. And I don't mind a bit of light dusting of snow, but certainly what I don't want is a metre of snow that I have to walk through. Having said that, I am carrying snowshoes, which is the first time I've ever done this on a hike. Um, I have also bought and, uh, and am using a pair of uh, mid-weight boots, I suppose, for want of a better term. They're fairly robust, but they're not full-on leather leather boots, uh, and they're quite comfortable. Uh, and I really didn't feel like post-holing in the uh, in the snow. I'd rather have the snowshoes just to cover it. Now, it means that they're going to be strapped to the back of my pack. I may not use them for the entire trip. We'll see what happens. But, you know, if the snow does get a bit deep uh, or a bit bit soft, I've got something just to allow me to walk through without actually, as I said, post-holing, which is where you sink into the snow as you walk, uh, and allow me to keep a decent sort of pace. So I'm trying to get across the central plateau. It's around about 40, 46 k's in total. Uh, and, you know, and I, I will do that in two days. And if the conditions are good, I will probably do a big push, do 35, 36 k's, and then you know, do the last five or six k's the next day to get up off the high areas back down into the lower altitudes. Okay, uh, I've still got a bit of tidying up and getting sorted out for tomorrow, uh, but I am looking forward to this. Talk to you later. It's 8.18 on the 30th of July, Friday. I'm here at the Spirit of Tasmania Ferry Terminal, getting ready to start my walk on the Tasmanian Trail. This is another one of these trails where I would have an expectation of a large trailhead sign. and I don't, I don't mean expensive by, by any means, but just a sign saying Tasmanian Trail starts here. I know I'm going in the right direction because I passed some of the little trail markers on the way in uh, on the taxi. Uh, I wasn't going to walk four kilometres from my hotel to get here. I need to start walking back again. So um, weather-wise, it's sunny at the moment, but there's a sort of uh, cloud cover, a light cloud cover over a lot of the sky. A bit breezy and also a bit cold as well. Uh, so I'll see how I go. I'm starting the walk without a jacket or anything on at the moment. I'll see how it goes into sort of 20 minutes into the walk. I might put a jacket on. Um, but the drawback I've got is if I put a jacket on, I'm likely to get too hot. So it's a bit of a catch-22 here. Um, I was hoping to start around about 8.30, so I'm pretty much on track now. Uh, and... Um, uh, you know, there's a ferry here at the moment. Uh, I have never actually seen in lo real life the Spirit of Tasmania. In this case, I've got Spirit of Tasmania 2 docked here. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, talking to a few people, the hotels, the taxi driver. It's a bit quiet around town at the moment, uh, with a lot of the states being prevented from coming in here. Okay, time to start heading off. 
It's 11.13, I'm at La Trobe, in the middle of the main street, if you, if you can't already hear that in the background with the trucks coming through. It's a fairly busy street, actually, which surprises me, considering it's a, a little town. Um, just sitting outside one of the cafes, uh, and in fact the bakery, just had a meat pie and a hot chocolate for lunch, and I just need to now and go and grab some food for dinner before I head off. So I've done almost on eight kilometers uh, and I want to do another 12 kilometers by the end of today uh, and providing the weather doesn't get horrendous which it is forecast to rain uh, I'll uh, keep on walking through till about 3 30 um, but I've got a, a place in my mind where I want to stop but I'll see what the conditions are like okay talk to you later good evening it's just on six o'clock I've been in my tent for roughly about two hours, may having made camp at 3.40, and I started looking for places to set up from really around about uh, quarter past four onwards. Walking through the eucalyptus plantation uh, south of uh, La Trobe, there were some really good spots, uh, protected, sheltered, water close by, albeit from large puddles from the rain. Um, and uh, but it was just a bit too early to set up, so I uh, exited the uh, plantation, and then I was walking along the road with narrow shoulders, no shelter, and the only place I could have set up tent uh, was in someone's property, but there was stock in a lot of them, so it would have been a bit hard. So I kept on walking, uh, and once I passed a batch of farms, I started to get more into forests. I found what looked like a really good open paddock, uh, only to discover that was a shooting range. I thought, well, that's out. Uh, and then I kept on walking probably about 500, 600 metres past that uh, into open forest uh, that wasn't uh, fenced. So I'm guessing it's just state forest, state reserves. And... As I was going, I was looking for locations where I could get off the road, get a bit of privacy, uh, flat ground and relatively clear ground. There was a lot of ground in, in this area, but uh, very dense foliage or, or vegetation on, on a lot of the areas. Uh, and I did manage to find a spot uh, which was cleared, uh, probably off the road by about 40 to 50 metres, although you may be able to hear cars driving past as I'm talking. Um, it's a busy road, which surprises me uh, for something that's sort of in the middle of nowhere. When I set up, I'd pretty much just set up and the rain uh, started to get heavier and heavier. It wasn't by any means heavy. It was just light rain, but it was enough if I had been still out, I would have had to stop and put all the rain gear on. Uh, so I was lucky in that respect. Been in the tent for, as I said, roughly about two hours. Uh, have a bit of lie down. I really don't feel like dinner at the moment. I've had a, a light snack. Uh, I had enough to eat during the daytime and again starting uh, when I did have good breakfast, uh, good lunch and uh, uh, some stuff through the afternoon so it's not too bad. The first section of today's walking really was getting out of Devonport and then getting out of Latrobe so it was almost like walking through uh, uh, residential areas and it was in a lot of cases and then I was walking through farm areas and now I'm sort of starting to pick up the farm areas and the uh, forest of whether it be a state forest or a private forest.
the weather did hold out quite well. I knew it was forecast. It was rained early in the morning before I got up, and I knew I was expecting some rain later in the day. So, as I said, it held off until I'm pretty much in my tent. Um, you may be able to hear the rain falling on the tent fly at the moment. The forecast for the next few days is pretty horrendous. I think over the next three days, we're supposed to get around about. 30 to 60 mil of rain which is fairly heavy so that's going to be an interesting process tomorrow's walk i would expect to have a bridge diversion uh, and that may add some additional kilometers to my day uh, all up today i walked just on 20 kilometers just over 20 kilometers uh, so if my next town stop uh, would be roughly 31 kilometres in total, so it means I've only got 11 kilometres, but that wasn't taking into account any detours, so it'll be interesting to see what that does to the distance. And that was one of the reasons that I wanted to do the additional distance today. Certainly feeling it in the legs, uh, feeling very tired. As I said, I'll, uh, um, I've been dozing on and off for the last couple of hours, so I think uh, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Uh, but I'll, I'll be sleeping on and off until sort of 4, 4.30, uh, and then I'll start getting myself ready to go, getting getting set up. I've had pretty much good phone signal all the way through. Because it's really going through a series of towns, uh, the phone signal has been good, uh, or even though I've had my phone turned into airplane mode for most of the time, but any time I've turned it on, it's been there and available, and I think I'll keep good phone signal until I get up into the central plateau. Okay, I'm just going to have a, another light snack and then I will probably go to bed. Talk to you later. It's 5.38 on Saturday morning, the 31st of July. I'm just here in my tent, having a bit of a rest. I woke up around about an hour and 15 minutes ago and did a social media post and then just had a bit of a lay back down and had a very short snooze and I'm now just uh, getting ready to start sorting myself out for the day. I'm planning on leaving camp at 7.30, so usually I allow about two hours for that, uh, but given I'm not going to be cooking breakfast and I've already done social media, that's a, a chunk of time that I, I don't need to, to allow for. So I'm just going to look at my maps and my plan for the day. And the aim is to get to Sheffield today, which without any detours is uh, approximately 20, 20 kilometres. So we'll see how that one goes. I end up going through, I think it's a town called Railton, um, which I'm not too far away from really. Um, and... I will need to do a flood detour. The weather forecast over the next few days is for reasonably heavy rain, and I think over the next two to three days we're expecting anywhere between 30 to 60 mils of rain, so that's quite a lot. Um, and while the, f the weather map is showing flood warnings, it's future flood warnings. They said the rivers are okay at the moment, although they are certainly up. Uh, but because there's so much water around and the ground is so wet, any any water is really going to cause the rivers to rise virtually straight away. Pretty much road walking uh, for uh, at least until I get into Railton, as far as I can tell. 
Uh, and given that I'm doing uh, the diversion, I'm probably also going to be walking a long road to get into Sheffield as well. It's been raining for on and off for most of the night. Not heavy rain, but certainly steady rain. Uh, and where I've actually camped is off the side of the road. Uh, it's in amongst trees. I'm behind a nice... Uh, solid sort of fluffy tree uh, that's providing uh, protection from or visual protection from the road area and I'm probably around about 40 probably 40 meters off the road I was really surprised at the amount of traffic that was using this road late in the afternoon uh, given we're in a road rural, rural area I didn't think it'd be this busy but it surprised me um, as I was doing the social media this morning, I was watching a leech that was sitting just on the outside of the tent inner, working its way up and down, trying to get in towards me. Uh, from what I understand, leeches tend to uh, detect CO2, which means there's a, a, an animal of some sort breathing around, so that's what they head towards. And this thing was sort of circling around my face area for around about half an hour, trying to find a way in. Uh, but I think it's, it's either moved off further down the tent, but I can't see it now. Uh, I know Tasmania has leeches, but I just hadn't really thought about it. You know, this is not something I'm used to seeing on the tent. Had a fairly long time in the tent. I mean, really got into the tent at around about uh, uh, 4 o'clock last night, so it's been over 12 hours I've been in the tent. I'm, you know, getting ready to... To move on, uh, I, I cannot sleep for that length of time. It just doesn't happen. Um, so my sleep was reasonably fitful last night, uh, apart from a couple of uh, toilet breaks. Um, and I was just dozing on and off rather than having deep sleep. Okay, I will start looking at my maps and work out what's happening for the day and start getting ready to move on. Talk to you later. Good evening. It's 7.45 on Saturday the 31st of July and I'm actually staying in the Sheffield Motor Inn rather than tenting it. I got here this afternoon probably around about quarter to two and just decided it was uh, uh, one a day uh, a bit more of a comfort stop. Also, given that I managed to avoid getting wet feet the entire day and coming out of one of the farm areas into Sheffield itself, uh, managed to go basically the, the top of the boot went below water in cow manure water. And I decided it was, uh, it was a good opportunity to, to dry everything, uh, including my gear, uh, in the hotel. I've been spending the last few hours planning, uh, looking at what's happening over the next few days, uh, having a meal. Uh, I must admit, I haven't been overly hungry on this height. Uh, not that I haven't been doing much effort, but I'm just carrying more weight than I like. So there's certainly uh, plenty of weight uh, or plenty of body fat that I need to lose. Uh, and I must, it must be, it's also been another issue that I haven't really been that thirsty. Typically, when I'm hiking, it's either blowing a gale or it's boiling hot, which requires me to drink a lot. Uh, and I think I started off with a two-litre bladder of water, uh, and there's still some water left in it after the second day. Now, it's not to say I didn't have anything else to drink. I had uh, two hot chocolates, 
uh, and some water or some uh, coke over the last couple of days to add to it. So it, it surprised me that I just haven't had that, that much need for moisture. And I didn't wake up with a headache this morning from lack of moisture, but uh, it's something I am conscious of to be able to uh, uh, eat uh, and drink uh, a bit more on a regular basis. As I mentioned, I'm doing a flood detour tomorrow, and as I, as I left my campsite this morning, there was a, a reminder to, as I passed a single-lane bridge heading towards Railton, uh, to check the water level, because if I couldn't comfortably get across there, I wasn't going to be able to get across at a later stage, so even... Had I have wanted to cross the river, there was just no way knowing. Uh, in in uh, this is the, over the next couple of days, I basically needed to be able to uh, uh, do a, a detour. Detour has been a bit harder to work out. It's uh, it's almost. I found the thing with the map book that it's it's much easier to work with uh, when. Um, you're actually on trail and things make sense rather than having things written down. So the detour over the next few days took me a little while to work out uh, because I am really going off track and they are saying in the guidebook that the detour isn't signposted, there's no trail markers, uh, but it just told me where I joined back up. And I actually joined back up uh, in partway into stage four. Uh, which is uh, over the next couple of days. Now, I had actually planned to get to my next destination in two days, uh, and that's not going to happen. Uh, it realistically, like, like, its potential is there to do it in two days. It's it's 62 kilometres, uh, but I'm just not up to doing... Uh, 31 kilometer days at the moment, 20, 21, 25 maybe, but not 62. So I'm having to reassess how things go, uh, add time where need be. And I have got about six days up my sleeve uh, of leave that if this trip takes me longer than originally planned. So hopefully I'll be able to get through this um, in the time frame that uh, uh, I have allotted, and I'm have, on day two. I'm where I'm supposed to be, uh, but uh, certainly I'll see how it goes. I think I'm, it's more than likely I'm going to have to add two, maybe three more days to the trip to to actually get uh, into the system quite well. The towns have passed through so far. Uh, Railton, tiny little town, uh, but it, you know it's, it's a it's a good enough size. There's a a couple of cafes. Uh, a post office, so I stopped at one of the cafes and had some food. Uh, I I didn't have much for breakfast, so this was a almost a brunch in some respect. Um, and then I waited until uh, uh, dinner time to have my spaghetti bolognese here in the hotel room. I've currently got my entire pack spread, spread around the uh, hotel room. Uh, most of it was pretty dry, but um, just drying my sleeping bag, making sure it's there's no moisture on it at all. Uh, my tent uh, fly was pretty saturated this morning and there was no opportunity to dry it during the day, so it's almost dried off now. And my things like my pack cover. So I'm making sure everything's dry as it can possibly be, just so I can uh, uh, get around the next few days and stay warm and comfortable at the same time.
Okay, I will head off now. I've got a, I'll probably stay up for another half hour or so. I've got one more post to do, uh, and then I'll uh, head to bed. I had a long sleep last night, so uh, don't particularly need uh, any uh, a long sleep again tonight. Uh, but it will be an early start to the morning. I want to try and be walking by seven thirty if I can. Uh, but I'll see how things go. Um, I've got enough food to uh, actually do me for uh, the additional days. So I'll see what happens there. But I may even, if I'm, I'm excited, I may actually go into. Uh, one of the little local cafes and get some food. Just depends on what time they open. Okay, talk to you later. It's 7.33 on Sunday the 1st of August. I'm just in, here in my hotel room in Sheffield. I've packed up. i just got to put my shoes on, uh, go to the bathroom the last time, and then head off. Today's a bit of a surprise. Uh, it's sunny and very little cloud. I know that probably won't last and certainly the forecast isn't for it to last, but I'll take what I can get and any hours of sunlight uh, is greatly appreciated. I think um, looking at the forecast for today, Sheffield is saying it's 3.1 degrees, feels like minus 1.3 and that's lovely. Uh, possible light morning shower. Uh, so they're saying 0 to 0.4 mils of rain uh, during today, which is pretty good. I think the original forecast was anything over the last few days, you know, potentially 20 or 30 mils of rain. So happy with that. Today's detour day, uh, about 11.4 kilometres into this morning, I've got a turn off uh, that I need to uh, make sure I pay attention to, uh, and that'll take me around the flooded river, which I normally would have to cross uh, through the water, uh, but there's just no way knowing at the moment. Had a good night's sleep. Um, I was hoping to get away at 7.30, uh, and I think yesterday was the first time that I've ever gotten away right on time. It's always been a couple of minutes late, but I was actually actually a minute or two early yesterday, and today I'll probably be about 10 or 15 minutes late. Just need to call my wife, Jill, uh, say hello, uh, and move on from there. Talk to you later. It's 11.58 and I stopped about 15 minutes ago just to have lunch only because I had a, a, a good log to sit on in a nice sunny spot, albeit in a very windy spot. So my apologies if it gets a bit blowy every so often. There's just a bit of a lull in the wind, so I thought I'd do a recording. In around about two kilometres I pass uh, my first little bridge and then very shortly after that... Uh, I've got my turn off on the detour, uh, which will take me around having to basically swim across Mersey River because, again, the water level is pretty high at the moment. I would be really surprised if I get there and find out there's no water in it at all. This morning's been quite funny. Um, I started off without a. I started off with my uh, uh, puffy jacket on and stopped about 15 minutes later and uh, and took it off. And uh, then it was sunny, it was quite nice, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I just got rained on by a very localised shower, and it really was just over me, uh, and you know, probably about 100 metres in every direction. Uh, and I raced into a shelter of some trees, got all my wet weather gear on, and by which time the rain had stopped, and has continued to stop all morning. So it's actually been quite nice. Having said that, I'm... Where I'm sitting at the moment is just across the road from somebody's house, 
uh, and it's also at the base of Mount Roland. So I've gone past, almost past Mount Roland, and I think you're getting the, the wind and the weather coming up over it and just dumping down at the base of it. So far, it's been walking through farmland uh, and forestry area, and the, the change in elevation has been noticeable today. The last two days, while there has been a change in elevation, it's been to the point where you didn't notice it, whereas today, for my first steep hill, I thought, oh, okay, I'm going down, which means I'm about to have to go up, and sure enough, as far as I went down, I went back up again, and it's been up and down pretty much all morning, so it's felt like it's been quite slow. Uh, although Jill was telling me she's watching me on the Garmin map online, telling me I appear to be moving quite well. So I've done roughly around about uh, nine kilometres, uh, nine and a half kilometres, and that includes probably around about 800 metres in Sheffield itself to get back to the trail. Um, there was an accommodation option that was closer to that end of the trail, but I'd already set my mind up on staying at the motor inn, uh, and that's basically my choice more than anything else, but there are a couple of options there. I discovered over the last couple of days that one of my USB cables wasn't working. Uh, all the others were, and unfortunately the cable that wasn't working was the one that charged my Garmin, my camera, uh, and um, my uh, battery case on my phone. Now I've got a big enough battery pack that I can get around that for most of the other things, but I definitely needed to have my Garmin being able to charge. So that's it was the news agent was open, so I seemed to be uh, in luck there as I left this morning just before eight o'clock. Okay, I'll continue lunch and head on. It's four twenty-six on day three. I'm just here, made camp, just off the side of the road in a eucalypt wattle reserve. Um, where I ended up stopping, I normally start to look for a, a campsite around about three thirty. And a lot of the area that I was passing was farm on both sides of the road, no shelter, animals in the paddock. So really it wasn't an option to sort of jump the fence and do anything, um, even though the uh, the grass is quite smooth and almost bowling green like in a lot of areas. So I could see this stand of eucalypts up in the distance and there's another one, another smaller one, another half a kilometre further on but I thought this one looked looked promising and there was a, a road coming off there uh, and it is a road but it's a really poorly maintained one so I don't think it's that well used which is not a bad thing even so having said that I mean even even though there's probably a, a flatter area on the road you never know the one time of the year that someone decides to drive up here it's tonight when there's my tent in the middle of, in the middle of it so I've gone through and just uh, set my tent up probably 30 metres from the road, uh, the, this this access point, uh, and the main road I'm probably 50 metres away from. Slight slope uh, in the middle of trees, uh, and one of the few patches that I could find that didn't have blackberries all over it. So that was the, the dictating factor in this area. Lots of ground, but lots of blackberries too. I've gone through and unpacked my pack. I've... Uh, dug my cat hole, I've gone through and made my hot drink and my dinner's just rehydrating. So realistically I'll finish dinner uh, probably around about by quarter to five 
then all I have left to do is blow up my sleeping mat, and that's pretty much me for the day. Uh, and I think I will. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm pretty tired today, so I will actually uh, snooze on and see how it goes. As per usual, my pattern will be on and off, short blocks of sleep throughout the night. Today was, as I think I mentioned in one of the earlier podcasts, a lot more hills, whereas the first two days, fairly flat in overall, uh, this day was up and down hills. And I did take the detour uh, that allows me to cross the Mersey River in the next uh, next area. So it's... I've, I've sort of I'm doing section three at the moment, but I skip just into section four uh, and end up on the other side of the river, which makes things a lot easier all round. Safest bet, I think, because if I had not have taken the detour, I was likely to not be able to get across. Forecast for tonight is probably, I think it was supposed to be minus one, but looking at the weather map, it didn't appear so bad. And I'm just looking at the ranges adjacent to where I am, and there is a rainstorm coming through. So I'm going to finish this off fairly quickly, uh, get inside my tent, and probably eat inside my tent as well. Okay, hopefully uh, we won't have too much bad weather tonight. And I thought oh, that's the other thing I deferred to mention as well is the next group of mountains over than the ones I'm walking along at the moment uh, did have snow on them. So it's an indication that in the next five or six days when I do have to go up on the the central plateau, I will expect to be seeing snow. How much? I'll find out before I head up. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Talk to you later. Good morning. It's day four, the 2nd of August. It's 6.40am and I'm just here in my tent. Uh, well, I'm truly awake by now, but I had a really good sleep last night. I, uh, by the time I went to bed at around about, uh, I think it would have probably been 4.30 after finishing dinner, uh, I had a good solid block of sleep through till about 11 o'clock. Uh, and then after that, probably fitful sleeps, which really is, is hard for me to have long sleeps. Uh, got a bit cool last night, um, and partly that was my own fault. I deflated my sleeping mat uh, partly to uh, deal with the slope that I was on every time I moved. It wasn't a steep slope, but it was enough that when it was fully inflated, I'd slide down slightly. So I deflated it, which fixed the problem, but also put me more in contact with the ground. So the forecast last night was for minus one. I don't think it got that cold, but it was certainly cool enough, and there's, the ground is moist enough that it was. Uh, uh, I was picking up some, some cool from the ground itself. So about 11 o'clock when I did wake up, I needed to uh, reinflate the mat again and just make sure that I wasn't moving that much. I'm not in a overly in a hurry to get off this morning. I should be able to get away pretty much uh, 7.30-ish. Um, I'm just about to have breakfast now. Um, I All I've really got to do is just pack up and go. Um, I'm pretty much out of water. I had the last of my water this morning. Um, but there's enough water as I walk to be able to go through and filter. One of the things I am conscious of, there was plenty of water around, and there has been for the last few days, but when I'm walking along the road, the main roadkill animal that I've seen has been the local wallaby, and uh, almost without fail, there's a dead wallaby in the drainage channel at the side of the road where most of the water is. 
So as much as my filter will get out most things, I'm just feeling a bit dubious about filtering out dead wallaby juice. So what I'm going to have to do is look for uh, puddles of water off the side of the road, and if I am filtering off the side of the road, pick a water source that starts at the top uh, and, and source the water there rather than trying to uh, do it further down where invariably there is a dead wallaby. Um, I have actually got a couple of filtration options. I've got an inline filter on my pack, uh, so I can fill that up directly, but I've also got a small Catadyne B3 uh, 600ml filter, which means I can filter and drink as I go, and that'll probably be the easiest thing in all honesty as I go today. Um, I'll try and... Oh, I've got some kookaburras in the background, which you can probably hear. Uh, I've got some... Um, uh, I'm hoping to uh, actually camp by water later today, uh, and that way I can fill up my bladder and not have to worry about fiddling around with filtering as I go. Around about four kilometres after I start this morning, I have my first diversion crossing. I started the diversion yesterday just after lunch, and I'm going to be crossing what is apparently an old bridge which has got a, a gate across it and easy enough for cyclists or for walks to get across but a bit harder for horses. And the guidebook actually says if you're on horse, your horse is going to have to, to uh, descend a steep bank down into the river and back out the other side. And given the flooded conditions of the river, that's probably not likely. Worst case situation, I should be able to get across this, but worst case, um, if that, that is flooded, if the water is that bad, I'll have to start, start doing some hard and fast thinking about what my options are, but I think I should be okay. I know the area around that uh, area I'm going to has been flooded, but I think the flood diversion gets me around that, uh, but I'll soon find out when I get there later today. The rain wasn't overly heavy yesterday, certainly the night before I had heavy rain and steady rain, uh, but pretty much yesterday, apart from a couple of small showers, it was pretty good. So I'm hoping that uh, the water levels will not be overly huge. The big problem is there's been so much rain over a period of weeks that the ground is saturated, so any water that does hit is tending to run off and not to soak in, soak in like you'd expect when it's been much drier. Okay, I'm going to have breakfast, pack up, and then I'll head off. Good evening. It's day five of my Tasmanian trail trip, and it's 6.53, and for me, that's a, uh, a late night. I've normally normally had dinner and gone to bed, and I'm trying to sleep around about 4.35 o'clock. Uh, so tonight, um, or today, has been a very different sort of day compared to the other days. Um, average just, or just, just did on uh, 20 kilometres again, so that was pretty much the same. Um, had a couple of uh, uh, off-track adventures. Um, I got to one turn, I'm thinking, not quite sure, but this looks like the obvious one, and uh, ended up costing me about 1.2 kilometres uh, to get find out it was a, a driveway, essentially, to a property. Uh, and then I had to walk back again. I then came through one of the eucalyptus reserves, missed the sign. In fact, there was no turn-off sign, uh, and ended up going up the top of the hill. 
I could have actually connected by coming down the hill, but given that the uh, the hill was just covered in bracken, and while it's cold, I am not trusting enough to think that there wouldn't have been tiger snakes or anything else scattered through there as well. So uh, I backtracked and found the trail and realised there was no sign uh, and then walked in 50 metres and found the sign. So I think the uh, the Tasmanian trail is saying that sometimes they do get pinched or in this case here there's been a lot of lo recent logging done so I think my, there might have been a sign there at one point or a turn sign. It no longer exists. So I got to the crossing of Lobster Rivulet, which I'd already crossed today on a bridge, and a bit surprised in some respect. The reason I did the detour was to get over this, uh, uh, basically the, the Mersey River, um, and there's a photo in today's post, and I'll include that, some photos of that in the uh, the podcast as well where there's no way knowing you know you'd, you'd need a canoe at, at best to get across uh, uh, and that was where I crossed and even if it hadn't had it been much better or much narrower where the crossing point was it would have been really difficult lots of uphill and downhill today uh, and I got to what I thought was going to be a crossing at probably around about quarter to four I thought the timing was good uh, only to discover that this was a it wasn't a bridge at all but it was actually a water crossing and this is over Lobster Rivulet which is the one that I crossed earlier on this afternoon conditions really hadn't changed from where I crossed before um, and I spent probably half an hour going upstream downstream looking at the options looking at the alternatives and had I have been with another one or two people, it might have been doable. But I threw, or I used a very large sapling that probably weighed around about 25 to 30 kilos to uh, test the depth. And I was getting probably a metre, and that was close into shore. Now, I'm not familiar enough with this river. I just don't know what it's like out in the middle on the other side. I think metre probably was about as deep as it goes. But given the speed it was moving, um, anything above knee level uh, was going to be really difficult. For good measure, I threw the sapling in and it hit the water and it just raced off. You know, no opportunity to sink. It just went straight down the river. Uh, so I think that you know, it's from a safety perspective. Uh, as I said, if I had have had two or three people, uh, we probably would have been right. But even then, that would have been a bit of a doubt. So I've gone through and camped uh, as far away from the river as I can, which I'll be honest is not as not as far as I should do, but given that this is probably the driest spot that I, that I can find, I did check the water level for about an hour after I arrived to see what was happening. It wasn't rising, it wasn't falling, so I don't have to worry about being flooded out in the middle of the night. And given that the rain has stopped, I think we'll be fine, or I'll be fine in that situation. This is one of these sort of things or one of the disadvantages of solo hiking that risk management becomes so much more important. You know, if you have a group of two or three people and something goes wrong, there's already always somebody else there to back you up or to help out. When you're by yourself, I think I probably could have got over the other side of the river, but I doubt that I could have got over there without being totally drenched and probably my backpack as well. 
So, you know, given the time of the year, it's it's a warmer night than it was last night. Last night, I think, forecast was minus one and it felt it. Uh, tonight, it's a much warmer night. Uh, but I'm thinking the last thing I wanted to do was have a, a wet tent, sleeping bag, clothing, uh, being out in the open uh, and trying to keep myself warm. It just wouldn't have happened. So from a safety perspective, um, it's not going to happen. Now, I will reassess again in the morning, but I doubt things are likely to have changed. So I've already gone to my mind that I will be heading towards Deloraine, uh, which is a reasonably nearby town as far as things go, as far as the crow flies anyway. But it's going to require me to backtrack to where I was at uh, around about lunchtime. Uh, and then uh, I, there was a couple of options to get there, but by far the shortest option was to cut over onto the, the Bruce Highway, which basically runs straight through the centre of Deloraine. I could have actually gone through some of the uh, other back roads, but it would have added another 8 to 10 kilometres, and that would have made for a, a big day. I'd rather have a day that's um, probably closer to 20 kilometres than being 30 kilometres, and I'm not too adverse if someone offers me a lift on the highway that I'll take it because, as I said, it's going straight into Deloraine. Now, my reason for that, I could potentially backtrack to where I was and then head on towards um, Golden Valley and Bracknell, but I do not have enough food. I do have spare food, um, but given that it's going to take me a day to get out uh, and then probably another two days to get where I need to be, I do not have enough food to get me there. So hence the reason for travelling to Deloraine. Once I'm in Deloraine, um, I'm going to do the podcast, so I expect to get there probably late in the afternoon, early evening. I'll sleep there overnight. I'll have the next day there as well, which will allow me a chance to do the podcast, and it will also allow me a chance to do the planning. I'm currently averaging 20 kilometres a day, uh, which means just on hiking days I need 24 days. And I've just basically blown a day because of this river crossing. So that's now 25 days. It's possible, but it's cutting it really fine. Um, unfortunately, even though I allowed uh, six days up my sleeve, um, I am probably cutting it really fine to actually complete the trip in its entirety. So I will consider my options in Deloraine and see what I can do. Um, given that I'm unlikely to finish the entire track, do I just keep on going and stop where I stop? Do I jump down to another area? Um, I'll see what happens on that. Um, I've already posted my uh, resupply boxes, um, and the second one is due to go to Ooze. Uh, and that's one that I may actually look at um, starting or, or, or jumping forward to. But the box in Bracknell, uh, if I don't go to Bracknell, I'm going to have to get reposted or uh, posted back somewhere or posted ahead somewhere, depending on how I go. Today wasn't a bad day overall. Um, a lot of rain. I mean, usually I try and podcast through the day where I can, uh, but when it's raining on and off, it's a really, really a bit hard to get the recorder out, so I tend to save everything until towards the end of the day. Um, I had an um, interesting experience this morning. I was walking down the road. Uh, there was a farm vehicle with um, about five or six calves 
on it. And I was looking down the road, and one of the calves fell out, was dragged uh, 20 or 30 metres down the road before it came loose. And from what I understand, a number of the other ones ended up in the same situation. So I walked down to where the calf was. It, it was getting up. It was okay. It was more sun than anything else. And rather than leaving it on what was a busy road, and I couldn't see the vehicle that stopped at all, uh, I... Uh, walked the uh, calf into the adjacent property uh, and basically closed it into the front entrance. I did knock on the door, I did call out, I walked around the house, couldn't find anybody, but again the option as I said was to leave it out in the road, in which case given the traffic it wouldn't have survived. I walked down the road probably another 70 or 80 metres and saw the farmer collecting cows uh, and mentioned where I'd, I'd, I'd parked the other one um, and he sort of wandered off to go and collect the last calf. So not good for the animals. Um, um, you know, accidents do happen, but it was uh, it was pretty horrendous looking seeing a calf dragged from uh, on the road from behind. So... Um, but yeah, I could only do what I could do and just try and get it off the road and get it safe. It rained on and off again first time, rain put my gear on, and then by the time I get my gear on, pretty much it had stopped. But I thought, this is a pattern, so I left my rain gear on pretty much for most of the day, and sure enough, afternoon it rained, and it rained reasonably heavy just after lunch. Um, from there... Uh, as I said, I had a couple of off-track adventures, picking the wrong choices, but I ended up just at the river, which is where I'm close to at the moment. So this is a, as I said, it's, a, it's an environmentally challenging track. It's probably a track that's best, or a trail specifically, it's probably a trail best done in probably October, November, uh, to avoid the real heat and to have the river systems down because there is a lot of rain uh, happening at the moment and the ground is so soaked from the multiple weeks of rain, as soon as it hits, it runs off into the river systems. So it's... Yeah, it's certainly been challenging, and I wanted something challenging, and I, and I got it, but not quite in the way that I thought. Okay, that's me for tonight, uh, and the next time you hear from me will probably be tomorrow morning, um, as I go through and check the river system, uh, but then, as I said, I've got to walk back to where, to where I walked today, uh, assuming that there's not a dramatic drop in the water system overnight. Okay, talk to you later. Okay, talk to you later. It's quarter past five on the 3rd of August, and I'm sitting here in my hotel room in Deloraine. As mentioned in my previous post, um, I woke up this morning, checked the river level, and discovered that the, the water had actually increased in height, 30 centimetres, uh, because I put a marker down and, and made sure it was, wasn't something that was going to wash away. Uh, and if anything, the water probably wasn't as rough, but mainly because it was deeper. So I decided, or well, I pretty much decided anyway, that you know, I, I didn't think it was going to drop, if anything. So I started heading back the way I came yesterday uh, with the intent of going to Deloraine. Now, I could have actually 
kept on walking, I suppose, bypassed Deloraine and gone around. Uh, but my issue was was lack of food more than anything else. Uh, I've got a day and a half for the food, and it would have taken me longer to get there. Uh, and my next resupply uh, wasn't for another couple of days after that. So I decided to, as I said, to um, spend some time in Deloraine. Usually I do actually plan a rest day, uh, and that allows me a chance to do the podcast. And that's, uh, uh, as I record this, that's tomorrow's job. Uh, but I find that um, typically I'll get into a place lunchtime or later in the afternoon, um, have one night there, uh, then have the next night before I head off, and that, that's enough time to allow me to catch up on social media if I can, do the podcast. The trip out this morning, uh, I was walking through a number of puddles on the track, and it was pretty obvious that the water level had risen because of the rainfall, not so much because of the river rising, um, because I remember it being a bit easier to get through yesterday. I managed to steer myself in the wrong direction. Um, I was walking up the road thinking, yep, there's the, there's the, the trail marker, uh, and forgetting that the trail marker was the trail marker for when and the river is not flooded. So I ended up, I'm walking down a track, I'm thinking, I don't remember this road and I don't remember this track. And sure enough, I got to a, a top of a hill and I could see Lobster Rivulet, uh, where it actually met the, the, the main river. And I'm thinking, yeah, no, this is not the right way and no, I'm not going to be able to get across. So I backtracked and worked out where I was supposed to be, but that probably cost me around about, um, uh, 20, 25 minutes in total. The trip back up the hill, and that's what it was because yesterday was almost all downhill, uh, it was pretty, uh, uh, it was easier, I suppose, because I knew where I was going. I'd been there before, and it, it made it an easier process. Um, I decided on the easy way out, and I got back to the intersection uh, of the road I turned off to and called a taxi from, from Deloraine uh, because I thought otherwise I'm just going to be walking down the Bruce Highway, Highway 1, uh, uh, and it would have taken me until probably 4 o'clock this afternoon. So instead I got a taxi, um, got into Deloraine probably around about uh, uh, 11, 11.30 this morning and checked into my motel. Reasonable size uh, town, Deloraine, has Woolworths, um, has uh, a number of cafes and shops, so it's not, not tiny, so it's a good place to stop and spend some time. And I'm staying in one of the uh, the old hotels here, which is the Deloraine Hotel, uh, and it's this lovely old hotel that's been done up, and it's quite nice. So the plan is uh, tomorrow, um, I've got, well today I've actually got all my stuff spread all over the room drying. It's actually got a bar heater, which is an advantage when you're trying to dry uh, a hiking gear. My, so my boots are the driest they've been since I've started. Um, they've never actually leaked apart from the fact that when I trot in cow water, but otherwise it's uh, they've got a chance to dry out, which is quite good. Everything else is just sort of spread around the room drying out and um, uh, I'll pack as far as I can tomorrow uh, before I plan to, what, to, to what's going on. 
I think looking at the options, looking at the time available to me, um, I am going to skip a section. Um, so instead of going through Bracknell uh, and then up onto the Central Plateau, I'm going to bypass the Central Plateau altogether uh, and end up at uh, Ouse, uh, which was my next uh, stop. Now, my reasonings for that were probably threefold. Um, typically, I expected to be able to cover 31, 32 kilometres per day, and even though this trip didn't allow for those sort of distances, um, I needed to be travelling probably 25 to 27 kilometres a day to do it in the time planned. Um, but realistically, there's a number of reasons I was travelling a lot slower than I'd originally planned. One is that I was around about seven kilos heavier than I should be, and that certainly slows you down. Uh, I'm carrying a 21 kilo pack, uh, which is not overly heavy, but it's certainly heavier than what I'm used to. Uh, and lastly, I'm wearing boots. Now, the boots were designed to uh, deal with the snow conditions or deal with the, the wet conditions as need be. Uh, and uh, as, as wonderful as boots are, they do slow me down. I can't go as fast. So I'm finding my fitness level combined with my boots and everything else, uh, 20 kilometers a day is probably about it. You know, I might be able to get another couple of kilometers out of that. And certainly by the end of the trip, I think I'll have no issues with that at all. So on the basis of that, it was going to take me uh, 24 days of hiking, let alone any rest days, and that was cutting it really fine. Um, I, I need to be able to get back up, back to work on time. I can't ask for extra time off, and I can't just try and fly in the day before I go back to work either. That's just too much of a risk. So skipping that middle section uh, will, will sort of save me sort of five days and allow me to, with luck, complete the rest of the trip or get as close as I possibly can. I think the thing that surprised me with yesterday's walk was the fact that I did a detour to avoid a river crossing. I went over Robster, Lobster Rivulet uh, to... Um, uh, avoid walking over through water and all of a sudden having to go back over Lobster Rivulet again and this time having to go through the water. I looked at what was there and what was available and even this morning and the, the photo in the posts um, that I've been putting up do not do the river justice. It looked really easy when you look at the photo but the water was moving a lot faster and that wasn't being shown in the uh, in the video or the uh, the image. And you couldn't see the depth from there. And as I said, the depth uh, this morning was probably around about a metre, uh, which would have meant had I had I been crossing or had decided to cross, I would have ended up getting waist depth um, with the water hitting me. It would have been waist depth, would have been wet. Um, and this was assuming that I didn't fall over uh, and getting all my gear wet, like my sleeping bag and everything else. My gear is inside a closed dry bag, but even even that, it's still not a hundred percent guarantee. And given that it is winter time, it was just too big a risk to take. 
And as I mentioned, um, being a solo hiker, this is one of the risks. You know, you need to assess the risk more, whereas with two or three people, you might have been able to, to do it. With one person, if something had gone wrong, there was no one there to tell or no one, nothing to do with that apart from press my the button on my um, my Garmin to get, you know, to be, be bought out of there. And that wasn't an option that was worthwhile doing. So for the sake of trying to do this as a true through hike, it just wasn't worth the safety issue. So I'll confirm what I'm doing tomorrow. I've had an offer of a local who I know, in fact, Paul, who did the uh, uh, the podcast on the Cannibal Convict. He lives close by and he's offered to take me uh, through to my next stop. Uh, and I really must say... The thing I like about hiking is that people uh, are just so kind. You know, they make offers where they don't have to. I've had other people along the trail who'd also made offers of help. And, you know, hikers are really a good group of people. So I fully appreciate the support that people have offered. Uh, And even if I don't take it up, um, it's greatly appreciated. Okay, that will be it for today, um, and uh, there'll be one final segment after this interview, uh, confirming exactly what's happening and what I'm going to be doing, uh, and that'll be the podcast for this week. Talk to you later. So that was my first five days on the Tasmania Trail. Uh, been eventful, been enjoyable uh, in varying quantities. So as I do this last recording, I'm sitting in my hotel room. It's around about uh, 12.30 in, in, on the uh, Wednesday, uh, and I'm just doing the podcast, finalizing that off, and that'll be published and up on, up on the, the web in the next hour or two. Uh, and then I'm also doing some planning to work out what I'm doing for the rest of the trip. My decision basically is that I'm going to skip a section, and if I have time, I will come back to it. Uh, but I've decided to go from Deloraine to Ouse, uh, which basically skips um, the central plateau. And that's been for a couple of reasons. Firstly, I, given the, the time that it's taken me and the speed that I'm traveling, uh, I'm just not going to be able to do this trip um, without trying to rush it or get there in time. The other thing as well, I mean, the snow seems to have been varied. Some days it's there and some days it's not. Um, but given my speed of my travel, um, I've just not really set up to do it. And again, from my perspective, I'm doing this because I enjoy doing this. I'm doing this because I want to be safe. I'm not doing this to prove a point. So from my perspective, coming back to it uh, in a week or 10 days uh, will allow the weather to move a bit further on. If the conditions are good enough, I'll do what I can. Failing that, I'll come back and finish it off at a later stage. So we've gone from being a through hike to being a section hike in this respect. Um, going through to Woos, uh, as I mentioned, I had an offer of a lift, which I, uh, which is very kind, and I've taken that up. So I'll travel to Ooze tomorrow. Um, my resupply box is actually due in Ooze tomorrow. Um, so I will stay there tomorrow night uh, and uh, pick up the box the, the following day um, if it hasn't actually turned up tomorrow. But realistically, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's expected to be delivered on the 5th of August. So it means I can pick it up on the 6th. So I'll stay in Ooze tomorrow night. The, 
Other perspective um, that I'm going to have to consider as well is today I'm going to spend the rest of the day looking at the options as far as um, my slower pace and then see what that does in relation to where my stopping points are or where my travelling points are. Um, I'm also going to have to look at that what that does to resupply. Um, I basically planned on uh, an initial food carry and two reed supplies, and I'm going to have to change that. Um, in fact, one of the resupplies is sitting there ready for me in Bracknell at the moment, uh, which I'm going to be bypassing. So there's a potential that I'll either pick it up tomorrow on the way through, if that's if that's at all possible. Uh, I don't want to impinge too much on, on the person that's giving me a lift. Uh, otherwise, I'll get it redirected further down the track, um, which will end up with the same, same result, uh, just for an extra postage charge. So that'll be fine. The... Other thing that concerns me between now and the end of the trip is the water crossings. Uh, now, doing this trip in September, October, early November, when the rainfall, and we are getting a huge amount of rain on the southeast part of Australia at the moment, which is hitting the top end of Tasmania. Uh, those in Hobart don't seem to notice the rain so much, but they're quite funny when they're saying you're enjoying the sunny weather, and I'm thinking we're not getting that up here. So um, I think it won't surprise me if I'm going to have to do some road dig tours further down the track. And I think from my planning perspective today, what I'll end up doing is um, looking at where the, the river crossings are and work out the detours as I come close to them. So rather than getting to a river and assuming that I can cross, I'll work out what my detour uh, point is and, and cut into that sooner rather than later. There still is a snow section potentially on the southern part of the trail, but it's much smaller than the uh, uh, the, the area up north, uh, so that doesn't worry me as much. Uh, and as I said, it's towards the end of the trip, so providing things are going well, uh, it means I'll be able to cut in and, uh, and finish that off and hopefully finish in Dover with plenty of time. The section that I'm missing is roughly around about 100 kilometres. Uh, so, uh, in fact, it's about 120 kilometres. So it, it should mean that that's about five days that I've picked up, even though I've lost a few days uh, between what's happening at the moment. So it should give me enough time to actually get to the end of the trail in Dover. But again, I'll see how I go. Um, I'm comfortably carrying, uh, traveling 20 kilometers a day, uh, but I just don't want to assume that uh, there won't be any more detours or any, any more issues that I have to deal with. Now, the trail itself, so far, it's been interesting. It's, it's very much a remote trail, and I think... Thing, the thing that people need to be aware is that this is a multi-use trail. It is not a bushwalk. And I know uh, John Daly, who's a well-known uh, guidebook writer for travel, uh, for hiking trails in Australia, he says this is not a hiking trail, and, and it isn't. It's a walking trail, it's a riding trail, it's a cycling trail. And it would be quite an interesting thing to do as a cyclist. Uh, and, yeah, and that's something I might even consider at a later stage because you know, being, being able to do it in a different format uh, and do it at a, at a different pace would be quite interesting. 
Um, the scenery's been quite good. Um, I mean, from my perspective, Tasmania is probably the state that I know least about. I have visited once before uh, to do the overland track, and I'm coming back later in the year with Jill to do the Three Capes walk. But really, I've had very little to do with um, Tasmania itself. So this is a good opportunity to basically walk through the heart of Tasmania. And while I won't see everything, it'll give me a good opportunity to see what's here. It has surprised me that the number of people that either live in Tasmania or in Australia, for that matter, who don't know about the Tasmanian Trail. It's not as well known as the Bibbleman or the Hyson or the Overland Track uh, or the Australian Ups Walking Track um, because it's probably a multi-use trail, but it's something not to be dismissed. It's a good opportunity, particularly if you live in Tasmania and you don't want to travel anywhere, uh, to be able to uh, do it in, do it by sections, do it all in one go. Um, and it does give you a good good idea of different landscapes throughout the uh, uh, the state of Tasmania. Okay, so I'll finish off for today. Um, uh, as I said, my plan is uh, next time to start off in Ooze. So uh, the next recording will be uh, sometime next week. But given my timing and my time frame, I'm not exactly sure which day that will be. Uh, I try where I can to post on Wednesdays uh, or late Tuesday nights, but I'm at the whims of the internet. Uh, and at the moment, I've had good internet signal on most of the trail, uh, with one one exception. Uh, so it's it'll be it'll be see what happens next week and see how I go. It'll certainly be a different landscape uh, because I'm shifting into a different uh, environment. Uh, so I'm hoping that uh, things will be slightly drier as well. Okay, that's all for me this week. Bye for now.